Well, good morning, church. We have the opportunity to come into this house and to worship the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, our faithful King, our amazing God, our provider. So this morning, however you're coming in, I guarantee you that if we focus on him, if we dial on him, he will touch you in some way, in some form, because that's just who our God is. Amen? So can we right now just make that shift? Those of you watching online, we welcome you as well. And in your home, let's make that shift right now. Let's leave all those things that weigh us down. Let's leave all the thoughts, all the things we got to do later in the day. Let's dial in and let's focus on our, on our Jesus. Can we do that? So Lord, right now we come and we say yes to you. And we say no to everything else. We say yes to you, Lord, and we say no to everything else. We choose to lift our voice. We choose to raise our hands. We choose to honor you and to worship you as king because you are a good God. Amen. Can we worship him this morning? All right, let's lift our voices and honor our king. Just before we go back into this, this Sunday and two Sundays ago when I was here, I just kept feeling... Like I had to do this motion, and I'm not a guy who does a lot of motions in the middle of worship. But I literally just felt this motion starting to come into my body. And as I kept doing it, I asked the Lord, so what's going on right now with this motion? And I felt like the Lord said, I just want to stir everything up. I want to stir everything up. All the gold that's hidden, I want it to come to the surface. So right now, as my people begin to call on my name, as they begin to pray, as they begin to worship, we're beginning to stir things up in the spirit. Things are shifting. Things are changing. And so Ken right now is calling us into a time where maybe we're not singing the words of a song, but we're digging deeper. And we're actually singing the words that are within our hearts. So if you're newer to the church, that's all we're doing is we're actually taking a minute and we're actually saying, Jesus, I love you. I want to worship you. Whatever it is that he's placing in your heart, that as we go into this for the next minute or so, just release it because there is a stirring taking place, not just in this room, but outside this building. Something is shifting in your lives and in the lives of the people in this community. So begin to lift your voices. Begin to declare whatever it is he places in your heart. Lift it up to him. Lift it up to him. You know, years ago I shared a message. And I talked about those connect the dot puzzles. You guys all remember those connect the dot puzzles, right? Well, I don't know if you've ever seen the ones with like about a thousand dots that you got to connect. And when you first look at that puzzle, I mean, it just looks like nothing. It's just a mess. It's just a bunch of dots. But as you begin to connect all those dots, right, by the time you get to the end, you're creating this beautiful picture. And I feel like God is saying that is our lives, that over time you will begin to connect the dots. And as you see these dots get connected, God is in the business of creating masterpieces. And that's what he's doing in our lives right now. Even though it may not seem like it, when we look at it, it may seem a little messy. But I'm telling you, by the time we're done, you're going to see the masterpiece he's creating. Because that's who our God is. And so just before we close this time of worship, if you're in a spot right now where you're saying, you know what? 
I need a touch from God. I need him to alter something. I need him to shift something. I'm going to ask you to do something. Today you're at Spruce Grove Community Church, and we believe in the prophetic. And so I'm going to ask you right now just to stand to your feet. If you're in a spot where you're saying, I need a touch from God, and I'm going to ask you for this next 30 seconds to a minute to declare the truth of God. Father, I will get through this. We will see change. I will see healing. We will see souls get saved. Whatever it is that's going on in your journey right now, I want you to declare it. I declare health over my body, my back. I declare it right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Right? I declare it over our minds and our hearts. Those in this room that are struggling with headaches, those that are struggling with anxiety, we declare the truth that you are free of that in Jesus' name. You are free of that tension. You are free of the pain. You are free of torment in your dreams when you sleep. That torment does not own you. In Jesus' name, we bind the torment and we cast it into the pit where it belongs. We declare right now, Jesus, we are healed. We are restored. We are free to go forward. We claim the souls in Spruce Grove. This city is saved, will be saved. We declare it in the name of Jesus Christ. We declare it over Edmonton. We declare it over Alberta. We declare it over Canada. This province, this country will be saved. We declared, and I want you to agree with me right now. So for the next 20 seconds, declare it over yourself. Declare it over any situation that God gives you revelation into right now. Declare it in Jesus' name. So I'm going to ask you all to do this with me now as a prophetic act. I'm going to ask us just to lift our hands up. If you're new to this church, don't be worried about this. We're just literally lifting our hands up right now. And all we're saying is, in Jesus' name, we believe this to be true. We say this is so in Jesus' name. And all I want us to do is just take our hand, and I just want us to bring it down like this, like we're putting a stake in the ground, right? That's it. If you got both hands out, put the stake in the ground. It is true. It is happening in Jesus' name. Amen. Do it as many times as you need to, right? It's a prophetic deck. We're claiming it in Jesus' name, right? If it seems weird, don't worry about that. We're actually just building faith in our lives. That's all we're doing. That's all we're doing right now. Let it be so, Lord. This nation will be changed. Our hearts will be shifted, Lord. Let it be so in Jesus' name. And as a body, can we say amen? Come on, can we say amen again? Lord, let it be so. Amen. Give him a clap offering. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Well, why don't you grab your seats? Thank you, worship team. Man, I think all our kids are gone, aren't they? Now, did you see the two young girls up here just waving the flag? Did you guys all see that? I'm not sure where your head goes when you see some of this stuff, right? You know, like even these guys standing up here waving what looks like a blanket, right, or whatever. I'm not sure where your head goes, but let me say something, right? God created the arts, right? He sure did. And I'm going to tell you something. We are allowed to use the arts to worship our king. Amen? And so we will do that because he created all things, and we will give him the glory for it. Amen? So thank you, dance team as well, for honoring the Lord. You know what's interesting is uh, Cam came up to me 
probably about 10 minutes ago and said, I just feel like there's testimonies in the building, right? It's like, I just feel it. Can I show a hand? How many of you have a testimony that God's done something in your life? Oh, man, we're not going to run out of testimonies, Di. Not at all. Now, here's the funny thing, because I looked at Cam and I said, well, that's interesting, Cam, because we felt today we are going to release testimonies, right? Di's going to share a little bit. Are you ready for that? Are you ready for that? Okay. Amen. So let's welcome her as she shares. That's going to be good. Chris, sir. Oh, my. Uh, I love this house. I love this house. I love this body. I love this family so much. Too much sometimes. It hurts. You hurt me. No, just kidding. <laughs> when you hurt, I hurt. When things go great with you, I'm super happy. But when you hurt, I really hurt. And there is many, many, many like me in this place. And if you're even newer here or someone that's even watching online, that extends to all of you that you will be loved here. I say it. You will be loved here. You will be received here. You will be accepted here. And I even now break the lie that's in your mind. Go, well, I'm not really loved here. No, I break that lie. That's actually not true. It's actually not true. You're loved. You may not be fully known, but you are loved here and you are received here. And I feel like it's been a lot of years of us learning even how to do that. And we've got a long way to go. And sometimes even my, my new friend, Tracy, that I'm getting to know, I just think, oh, Tracy, I'm going to hurt you. I just almost know in my heart I'm going to mess up sometime in our relationship. I, almost, I know that because I'm very human and I talk before I think all the time. Sorry about this morning. Just to cover all the morning. Jesus, the blood of Jesus over the room, over the morning. But I know I'm going to hurt her. And that is really hard, but yet I'm going to risk it, and I'm going to love her. I'm going to risk it, and I'm going to know her, and I'm going to let her know me. And I want to be known. And even, I just think it was thinking yesterday, um, you know that scripture where it says about, um, you said, oh, I, I did all these things in your name. Like, we, I did all these things. I did, like, even for me, oh, yeah, I sang up there, and then I led that, and then I did the kids thing, and I did whatever. And then Jesus said, but you never knew me. So depart from me. <laughs> so I want to right now say I will be known. And I'm going to know you and you're going to know me. And I invite you to know me. I want to be known by God, but I also want to be known by you. I want you to know my heart. I want you to see who I am. And I actually do. Not just the good stuff. The good, the bad, the ugly. Because believe me, there's a lot of bad and ugly in there. There's a lot of things. I make a lot of mistakes. But I want you to know me. And you know, my whole life, I have battled with this horrible thing of being a pleaser. Any other pleasers in the room? <laughs> so often when I bring things up with, with Ken, I'm like, oh, this thing goes, well, that's your people pleasing again. I'm like, oh. like again and again, it seems coming back. And I'm glad he calls me on it because it's like there's something in me where I want to please people so bad but it's gotten me in trouble. And uh, so the Lord is really aligning that in me. So I won't purposely want to hurt you, but sometimes I'm learning to yield to the Spirit. I'm learning not to yield to my own emotions because I could read people and I'm like, I think you really want to 
David really wants me to say how great that jacket looks on him. I'm just going to tell him, wow, that jacket, that is awesome. That is a good look on you. You know, I get, I mean, those things are all terrible to say, but I mean, I get pulled in by what I think people want to hear. And it has steered me really odd in my life. And so um, the Lord, again, yesterday, oh, he's so faithful. There is something, like, this is scary to do. This is hard to be up here. I don't know. Mark seems to really enjoy it, and Chris sort of enjoys it. I don't know, semi-enjoys. Some people love, but it's, it's hard. But the cool thing about it, when you do open up your heart and say yes and risk it, that the Lord actually starts to pour in stuff that maybe you didn't know before. He's like, well, I want my people. I'm like, but I don't know anything. He goes, but I do. And I want my people to hear something this morning. So I'm actually going to give it to you. I'm like, seriously? So he's so good. He's so faithful. But he was saying to me over and over yesterday for like maybe two hours through the afternoon. He says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's impossible to please him without faith. So everything in my heart, as much as I want to please you, I want to please God. So what are you looking for, God? You're looking for faith. So right now in the room, Lord, flood this room with faith. Flood this room with faith. Flood us with faith to believe you are who you say you are. You are who you say you are. We believe you, God. We've come as believers today. Man, I spit a lot when I talk. Oh, sorry. So I'll move back here. (laughs) Whoa. Sorry, Chris. Um, But I... Let's just believe him this morning. Let's actually believe what he says. We want to please him. I want to be a house that pleases God. He goes, I love coming to this house because there's people down there that please me, that love me, that believe in me. And so today we say, God, we believe in you. Open up. Open up the floodgates of who you are to us this morning. Everyone will leave a different... Already, God has been pouring out something, even through the worship time. So beautiful. He was so tender with us today. Wasn't he so tender? Like, so somebody's like, oh, I I mean, I'm kind of a war girl. I like the, let's go after something. You know, and he's like, no, just remember. Remember who I am. Remember what I've done. I want to give a, little, a few little gifts, and these are just my own personal testimonies. Um, but a few weeks ago, for many of you, you know, for the last three years, I've been battling with a lot of pain in my neck and in my throat, which was very difficult during COVID because if you have a sore throat, you shouldn't, I'm like, I would have been stayed in my room for two years. So seriously, there's often, uh, very regularly pain. Ken watches me in the evening. He can tell. The things have been very, very difficult. I've been on medication for the last two and a half years, just trying to appease this thing. So I went back to my doctor in November or something, and they said, well, we don't know. We'll send you to another specialist. So now another specialist. So I've been all, through all sorts of tests, things like that. And so they just figured it was a silent reflex thing, and that's, that's just what's going on with me. So I asked, I guess they sent me whatever, so I was waiting for a phone call. So finally I get a phone call from the specialist, and I prayed the day before. They said, it'll be at least six months to you getting, because it's busy right now. So, uh, so I was in the car one day and said, Lord, if it's important that I go to the specialist, can you get them to call me like right away? Next day, I get a phone call. Of course, in my head, there's something wrong with me. <laughs> I said, if it's important, oh no, there's something really bad, really bad. So here we go. So anyway, 
March the 3rd, I get into my appointment. I go, I'm feeling kind of sick to my stomach. I'm nervous for some reason. I'm like, why am I so scared? And uh, so there's all sorts of history to that, why I have some fear about cancer and all sorts of things like that. Both my parents died with cancer. I have a little bit of that in my brain that I am the Lord is healing me and changing my mind, but I'm not there yet. And so I go in, see the specialist. He's asking me all these questions. He takes a scope of my throat, looks at me, he goes, there's nothing wrong with you. I'm like... He goes, you look disappointed. I'm like, I'm not. I'm just thinking there's something wrong. Like, like, I said, why am I in so much pain? He goes, I don't know. There's nothing wrong with you. You don't have cancer. You don't have a problem with your throat at all. It looks perfectly good. <laughs> okay. He goes, uh, I guess you could go for some, you know, voice reconstructions, things or whatever. I don't know what he's talking about. And I'm like, okay. I, but I have so much there's nothing wrong with you. He said it again and again. So I get in my car and I go, I start to laugh because this is hilarious by this point. I'm like, well, there's nothing wrong with me. So and I said, well, should I, like, what about this medication? He goes, I'd go off them if I were you. <laughs> okay. So then, there we go. So I get in my car, go tell Kenner, tell a few friends, this is what's going on. Oh, it's upside down. Oh, sorry. And then, uh, uh, I just start going, whoa, okay, God, I'm just going to believe that's a word from you. There's nothing wrong with me. Do I have pain? Yep, I had pain. Nothing wrong with me. So that night I stopped my medications, and uh, so here I've been going for like three weeks. There's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with me. I'm feeling better. I'm feeling way better. I even, I think my voice isn't as deep as it was for a while. Like, remember, I always talk, blah, blah, blah. and honestly, before first season, when I tried to sing, I couldn't actually sing unless the Lord hit me with anointing. Right. I actually could not hold a tone out. I would, it was a little embarrassing when I'm teaching piano, teaching voice, those kinds of things. I'm trying to sing it for them. I can't even sing. I basically have to just, I'm going to just play this on the piano, and you're going to sing it back to me. And then when the anointing would come, I could sing. So the, but the Lord, but there's nothing wrong with me. So I'd like to say that maybe for someone today, don't just be crazy and go off your medication if you're on medication and all that kind of stuff. But I'm just saying, if this is a word from the Lord to you that's witnessing in your spirit, there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. You are well, you are well. And as I believe I am well, the symptoms are changing. They are changing. They are changing. They are changing. And it's incredible. So that's happening. It's so good. Yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Even right now, you're healing us. Even right now, you are constantly healing us. You're so faithful, so good. Now, I do have a few people that are going to share some testimonies, so I'm not going to take too, too long, but I do want to share a few things that God is laying on my heart and that he's teaching me, and I want to give them as a gift to you. The coolest thing is our stories actually uh, make a difference for other people. Often, and I'm going to ha- actually, Jennifer's going to share a little bit later, but at the ladies' retreat, she was sitting near the front, and she was just crying out to the Lord. I just said, oh, whatever's happening with her, God, I want to connect with that. And all of a sudden, her hands started going higher, and I felt faith just swept in the room. Like, just by this little movement, and even this, uh, Chris having us, Mr., Mr. Movement, man, I mean, having us do these different things, there's something about 
moving. There's something about an increase of level of of our posture that does make a difference. So even this morning, those of you who stood and humbly just said, I need a breakthrough financially, that's hard to get up and say. I mean, to actually stand up and admit. But for you, I believe, and I say over you, there is a breakthrough for you. God saw your little step of faith, your little step of moving up, looking up to him. I need you, God. And he blesses it. He blesses it. He blesses it again and again. Wow. Hi, Sam. I'm so glad you're here. Oh, he blessed my heart. See, even a guy like that, he brings who he is in the room. He doesn't even really have to come up to the mic and say something, but he brings faith into the room. He brings his reliance on God into the room. He brings his heart of joy into the room and his heart of peace into the room. And the room is different. This happens all the time. This is what we do. That's why it's so important to be together. So important to be together. So uh, I want to tell you, uh, I have been in, because of these past three years, in quite a constant, what feels like a state of weakness. I don't like weakness. I don't like it at all. In fact, well, Ken and I worked this thing out, but when we go to Costco, I will push that cart. Like, I'm going to push the cart. Are those too heavy for you, Kenner? I'll just carry that thing. I mean, as if they aren't. I mean, he's much, much, much stronger than me. But I'm just like, I want to do it. I want to do it all. And again, like my people-pleasing thing has got me in trouble because I haven't rejoiced in weakness. But the Lord has allowed this season for me where I've been weak. And uh, so he showed me this this week, and I really liked it. Do you want to hear it? Yes. Okay. It's 1 Corinthians 1.26. And it says, For you see your calling, brethren. Hello, brethren. How are you? Brethren, brethren. That not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. For God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty and the base things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are that no flesh should glory in his presence why do we despise being weak so much? It seems like he likes it. It seems like he's into it. Like he's like, I choose you. Hey, weak one, I choose you. Hey, one that can't do anything quite right, I choose you. Hey, those that are despised, I choose you. My nose is dripping. I don't have to say everything in the mic, but I seem to like to. Isn't that good? So we don't have to worry about being strong. If you are strong, that's great. If you're in a season of strength right now, like I know Miranda Ely came into a season of strength uh, years or so ago, and man, it's been beautiful. But for me, I've been fighting that, and so it's okay to be weak. It's beautiful, actually. And then he reminded me of uh, 1 Samuel 22, where David was, ch- I mean, do you know, we read the verses and David was chased by Saul, but that's like a 13-year process. Like, it's, it was a long time to be chased by a king. Like, it's bad. Living in a cave 13 years, that's a long time. Something like that, if my 
edition is right. We don't, we don't quite know. It was quite a long time, all through his 20s, like that whole season. So David, therefore, departed from there, there, which is, I'm not sure there, but it was there, and he escaped to the cave of Adullam. But when his brothers and his father's house heard it, they went down to him. And everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, and everyone who was discontented gathered to him. So he became captain over them, and there were about 400 with him. So his family, the people in distress, the people in debt, and the people who were discontented. I'm not speaking that over you guys. You're wonderful. You're loved. You're not even distressed. But I'm saying we despise it so much sometimes. We despise being weak and like, I just can't seem to do it. I can't seem to do it right. I can't seem to do more. I, I, I see all this, and here I am, getting through. But God says, no, I choose you. I choose you in that place. I choose you in that place. I love you in that place. We don't need to stay there forever in that. But something about my brain, so like, if I'm always weak, even Paul at the end of his like, life, I don't know nothing. I don't know anything but Christ. I can't do anything without him. I am, you know, with him we do everything, but without him, we can't do it. We can't do it. So I love that. So Lord, bless us with the, oh, even that blessed are the weak, blessed are the meek, blessed are those that are poor in spirit. They will be filled. They will be comforted. They will be filled, full of life. That's who we are. So we come in this season. Go, God, we're weak, and we need you. Hmm. I'm going to rejoice in my weakness. And even now, a healing is coming to my body, and I am feeling stronger. But I rejoice in the fact that I know that I need him for every moment and maybe forever he will only let me sing when he comes over me and so some of you've heard me try to sing and I haven't been under his blessing or whatever I just push, push I'm pushing through that now like never before it's way more clear when my adrenaline was going and when the Holy Spirit was going it's becoming more and more clear so thank you God I needed that I needed that discipline I needed that um, correction and that that season for me and God even if that is forever that's okay it is okay because he's actually doing something in me that I cannot glory in my flesh it just doesn't I can't do it I can't do it right now I can't talk to you without him helping me I can't do it I'm nervous I'm my flesh is weak I don't know what to say but then he just says just open your mouth I'm right here I'm gonna do it I know you're weak. I know you don't have it together. I know you haven't spent 13 hours fasting and praying this week. I know that. He knows that. He knows how human I am. But here we are. We're going to do this together. So I want to tell you one more story. And then we're going to have a few people come up and share. I really like this story. Like it's a really, really, really good story. And it's in First Samuel. I like First Samuel. I remember my um, brother, when we were growing up, course we had to sit very still in church and stay in church the whole time and he would read every every Sunday he read first Samuel first Samuel second Samuel next week first Samuel second so he knows it really well I should remind him about that because anyway it's a good thing but 
it's such good stories, such good truth in it. And I'm sure this story has many, many um, other applications, so grab hold of it all. But I'm going to show you the part that meant something to me. Um, this Kleenex is annoying. First um, Samuel 30. Now, this is really cool. This is about, it kind of, it highlights at, um, it's called the Brook Besser. Now, I'm a bit of a Canucks fan, so Brock Besser kind of reminds me of Brock Besser. So you remember, think about him, and then I'm more of an Oilers fan, but I grew up in Vancouver, so I have to kind of yeah. lean that way. But anyway, Brock Besser. No, Brook Besser is the name of this place that we're going to talk about. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you how to get there, how we get there. Okay. So David and his guys have all been, they've been going, they were along with Philistine armies, they were sent back. So they're on like a, they were on like a three-day journey, probably about 50 miles. And now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag. On the third day, the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire. So that's where all their stuff was, that's where all their family was, all that kind of stuff. And he had taken captive the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but they carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men, so they've already been going 50 miles, they're pretty tired, came to the city, and there it was, burned with fire. And their wives, their sons, their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. So sometimes when I read the Bible, I read it like it's happening as fast as I'm reading it. Until they had no more power to weep. Okay, they're done now. That's in the next verse. Like it's, it, you know how, it, but I'm going to, like, okay. They were there. They were already tired. So they, they're, they're weeping. They're grieving. And so they're staying there at this point. Then David, like, sought the Lord. His wives had been taken as well. He, he seeks the Lord. And the Lord answered and said, pursue for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail, you will recover all. So that's a word for somebody today. <laughs> there's a recovery of all for some of you today. Well, for all of you, if you want to take it. But there's a recovery today. The Lord says, pursue them, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. So verse 9, so David went, he and the 600 men who were with him, and came to the brook Besser, where those stayed who were left behind. But David pursued he and 400 men, for 200 stayed behind who were so weary that they could not cross the brook Besser. So 400 went, 200 stayed behind. So I'm going to skip over to verse 16. So this whole thing happened. They found this Egyptian slave who actually helped them find where these people were that had all their people and all their things. So when he had brought him down, there they were. There's the, there's the enemy. Spread out over all the land, eating and drinking, dancing, because of all the great spoil which they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from the land of Judah. Then David attacked them from twilight, so like when the sun's going down, until evening of the next day. That's a pretty long time. Like, all, like that's a 24-hour. That's a pretty long situation. So they're attacking. They're going for it. It's a big ordeal. They had obviously a lot of grace for that. Um, and not a man of them escaped except the 400 young men who rode on camels and fled. 
So David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away, and David rescued his two wives. And nothing of theirs was lacking, just like God said, either small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything which they had taken from them. David recovered all. Man, I love, I even think of people in this family who have gone to war, gone to battle spiritually for me. And I am recovering all because they went for that reason. So, and then David took all the flocks and herds they had driven, and he said, this is David's spoil. Now here we go. We're going to go back to the brook. And I think the brook's going to be a place of healing for some of you this morning. He came back to the 200 men who had been so weary that they could not follow David. There's times when we are so weary, we're just like, i got to sit this one out. I'm just weary. I'm done. So they went out to meet David and to meet the people who were with him. And when David came near the people, he greeted them. And this is a kicker. Are you ready for it? Then all the wicked and worthless men of those who went with David answered. And they said, because they did not go with us, we will not give them any of the spoil that we've recovered, except for every man's wife and children, that they may lead them away and depart. So this is what the wicked and worthless ones thought and said. Give them back the basics. But as far as what we've gained, we're only, we want to keep that for ourselves. The wicked and worthless ones. Oh, God, help us not to be wicked and worthless ones who think like this. I have thought like this. Get back to that. But David said, my brethren, again, brethren, you shall not do so with what the Lord has given us. It was always the Lord. The Lord did it all. The Lord has given us this victory. The Lord has given us everything back. Who has preserved us and delivered us into our hand, the troop that came against us. For who will heed you in this matter? But as his part is who goes down to the battle, so shall his part be who stays by the supplies. Those that are staying, those that are weak, those that are weary, they shall share alike. Let's get that. They shall share alike. So it was from that day forward, he made it a statute and an ordinance for Israel to this day. So in many times of my life, I have had people, way too many to count, who have paved a way for me when I was weak and weary or when I was working through my own stuff and I didn't know what to do or I was just maybe in my, a season of, just, of, of growth or of hiddenness and people paved a way for me, allowed me to go into places that I never could have gone without them and they shared generously with me. And there have been the odd time, hopefully, <laughs> you don't always know, that I broke through something for somebody else And sometimes my heart has been, I don't know about you guys, just being really real, sometimes my heart has been like, I showed up. I was there for the whole thing. 21 days of prayer. I think I showed up every night. (laughs) Little thing in my mind. And I did this. And yeah, well, I, I never get tired of coming to Sunday church. And I never get tired of Wednesday night prayer. And 
Like seriously, these thoughts have been in my head. Sorry. But the wicked and worthless ones say, the stuff that I have gained, I'm not going to share with you. That's not okay. It's not okay. I've also been on the receiving end of this where sometimes people have come back and said, what I have, I give you. And I'm like, well, I didn't do any work for it, so I won't even, I disqualify myself. I didn't do any of that, so no, like, it's good. No, I would have to work in order, it's this work mentality. I would have to work. But you know what this comes from? It comes from not knowing who God is. We don't know that he is limitless. <laughs> that he has more than enough. I mean, it's an overflowing, endless, I mean, it, the stream never ends. It never ends. His, his abundance never ends. So when we go out either withhold or we grab or we hoard or whatever, things like that, it, I don't believe who God is. And I want to come into that belief of who God is. So I don't even know if any of this stuff made sense this morning, but I just want to share with you that this is a family, that my victory is your victory. And whether you want or not, your victory is my victory. And right now in this last month, it's been crazy because we've had people in Scotland. Um, Henry, I know, was, was in Finland, and now he just prepared the way for Mark, and now Mark's over in, in Finland. We've had uh, Lauren and Kathy were in Guatemala, uh, Uganda. But we've, been, there's been, we've been all over the world. Something's opening up. Things are happening. And these people are going out and doing things over there. And they go, well, good for you. Nice you got to get away. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. No, their victory is our victory. If it's hard for them, it's, it's hard for us, so we push through for them. When Pastor Mark gets home, oh, the, the richness of having a man like that lead this church is astounding. What we have been given here, so we receive back, because as we receive back, he gets blessed even more. So there's something that God is doing as he's dispersing us, as people are fighting battles and doing these different things, we're going to say, no, we're going to be generous in our hearts. We're going to be full in our hearts. We're going to receive, and we're going to fight for people who can't fight for themselves. We're going to fight for the weary ones. We're not going to withhold. And I feel like that's something that we're going to step into in this season. And so um, I'm just going to tra- just transfer over. I think, Jennifer, are you ready? Um, I, uh, we thought we'd like a few people just to share what God has given to them as a gift in recent days, things that God has done in breakthrough of their lives. And so we're going to choose together today to rejoice with them and actually to receive their victory as our victory. And so what is, what I often talk about, Gaylene and I have been learning for many years to be one. We've been learning to be one heart. We've been learning to be for each other, not against each other. We've been, I'll speak for myself. I've been learning not to be jealous of her. I've been learning not to compare myself to her. I've been learning to prefer her. I've been learning to rejoice when she has relationships in her life that I longed for. And so we're finding as we do that with one another that I, oh, you were with that person? It's like I was with that person. Oh my goodness, I feel blessed because of your connection with them. That something is starting to happen as we become one. 
there's no room for the jealousies and comparisons because we are becoming a family that your victory is my victory. And so we're doing this. So Jennifer, and have you come first? And this beautiful woman, I'm just getting to know her. It's like a brand new relationship. And what I saw on her, how many of you know Jennifer? Come on up. Some of you have met her, but let's welcome her. I love this lady. So Jennifer is a, she's a mother-in-law to Amanda Davy, who got baptized a few weeks ago. And so uh, she's been, I know, a huge part to Amanda's journey. She's been one who has prayed in the secret place and has seen now an amazing victory in her daughter-in-law and in her whole family. And so uh, I didn't even know what she had to say, but I just wanted her to talk. And when she was at the ladies' retreat, she... I just couldn't stop looking at her because she was stepping into something in the Lord that I needed. And by her stepping in, something was expanded in my own heart. So bless you, my friend. Good to know. (laughs) Well, um, I tried to join the, uh, from the amen to, uh, or was it uh, from the beginning to the amen? And I signed up on my husband's phone. And he always has that with him. So then I started doing it on my own phone. So I've missed some of the comments, but I sneak onto his phone every once in a while and get to read them. But that's what I've been doing today. I don't know if it's 85, day 85 for yours, but it's day 85 on my phone. And (laughs) just wait. (laughs) So... uh, Through that, I decided I would join with the women because it's been a while since I've done that, probably three years or more. And what a blessing, what a blessing. And especially um, because he was so present. And I've, I've been learning how to say, okay, when he says, go, yes. do. Say, and before I go, is that me? Is that you? Is that me? Oh, it's probably me. I shouldn't do it. But you know what? If it's good, do it. If he says go, go. Because he has something he wants to give you and something he wants you to give to someone else. And that's what this conference did. I met some amazing young women and I can't see out there who you are but thank you thank you for the blessings that you brought to our round table and uh, some people older women poured their hearts out and it made me weep and I'm praying for you because uh, we're fixers we're always fixers and one of the young gals said to me it's not yours to carry. And it was a burden for me. And she ran her hands down my shoulders and up to the back of my hair, and it was just gone. Because it's not mine to carry. Wow. It's his. Yes. Wow, so beautiful. Oh. Oh, I love you. <laughs> Love who you are. I love that you're here with us. Isn't that beautiful? So good. 
God did, I got to tell you, on, on Saturday night, it was one of those things when if I was trying to please man, it was a really disastrous situation because I, we barely got into worship and all of a sudden there was just a flood of the presence of the Holy Spirit and we didn't know, we didn't know what to do. So we just responded to him and he just met us. Waves, waves, waves of his mercy and love and healing and power. It was incredible, incredible. Uh, do you want to go next? Andrea is going to share. Uh, she's been away. At, uh, you can probably tell them, but I love this lady. I think she loves me too. <laughs> and so just share your heart. Ooh, share my heart. Um, well, my heart and my mind are like a 5,000-piece puzzle that's all sky and water, so there you go. <laughs> Um, so, um, I don't know if Julia is here, but she'll understand this. Um, um, all my life I've seen this, uh, tapestry and, um, in a tapestry there's a weck and a weft. And so there's threads that go one way and threads that go perpendicular to it. And so... Um, my question has always been, why? Why are you using that thread in that spot? And so, oh, now I'm getting shaky. Um, (laughs) uh, And I never got an answer. And so um, just recently I was in Scotland at the Global Prophetic uh, Council, and I was doing some mentorship, and uh, I was getting the mentorship, not giving it, <laughs> just to be clear. <laughs> and, um, yeah. And so I, I was, I feel like I went and I brought everyone with me. There were times when I felt like there were people from this body sitting all around me. And it was beautiful. And... I feel like I brought back this little treasure chest of gems. And so I'm going to share one with you today. And I'm going to do it as fast as I can. (laughs) But I have two stories to tell you in order to share this little gem. So (laughs) um, my brain is a funny place. And uh, if it's not occupied, it runs away. So... Um, whenever it starts to run away, I find something new to occupy it. And so a language was what I decided to occupy it with in November, and I started learning Korean. And uh, no, God did not tell me to learn Korean. I just thought it would be interesting because I had watched a TV show, and I knew a few Korean people, and I liked the food. It's good. Um, And so um, I started learning it, and it's a really cool language because it's like math equations, and so it's very scientifically systematic, and so if you like solving math equations, Korean is a good language for you to learn. Um, And so I started learning it, and um, I went to Alberta Linked, and I met a Korean lady who no one else seems to have met, But she was there, and I spoke to her and prayed with her and blessed her, and she blessed me, and it was amazing. Um, And then I got on the plane to go to Scotland, and I was seated by a Korean man 
who was talking to his parents in Korean. And I, I asked him, I said, are you Korean? And uh, he said yes. And so we started speaking in Korean. Not very long. It was like a five-minute conversation because I'm not that good yet. Um, and so uh, then he told me that he was from Canada and he was wanting to learn French. So my French is very rusty. So we, we spoke in French for a couple of minutes. Um, and his wasn't very good either. Um, and uh, then he told me he grew up in Russia. And so um, I told him my five words I know in Russian, which were awful, and he laughed at me. Um, <laughs> And then uh, we just started talking in English after that, and we talked and talked and talked. And I found out that he had been born in North Korea. He had uh, fled with his family when he was young to Russia. And um, he had lived in Russia until he grew up. Then he went to the Ukraine and met his wife and got married. And then they decided to move out of the Ukraine, and so they went to a couple of other places and ended up immigrating to Canada. And so um, he's been living in Canada with his wife, and uh, they just had a baby during COVID. And so he is on this plane, and he is on his way to the Ukraine to pick up his in-laws who are fleeing and they're elderly, and they only speak Polish and Ukrainian. And, but they have to flee across the Turkish border, and so they don't know the language. And so he's going there to help them navigate their way. And um, I don't know if this is true for everyone who is a refugee from Ukraine, but for his family, they were given like an, uh, like an itinerary, and so they had to go through certain countries whether they wanted to or not, and it was part of the, the deal. And so, um, so he was going to bring them back. And so they were very nervous because some of these countries, he did not speak the language either. And uh, so I told him, I said, well, can I pray for you? And he said, um, well, there are so many other people who need prayer. And he just kind of turned off. And so I was like, okay. So I turned on my iPad and started watching Netflix. Uh, as you do on a plane. And uh, so a couple minutes later, I get this tap on my shoulder, and he says, well, no, actually, I'd really like you to pray for me. And so we start praying, and then I find out he's atheist. Because I say, in Jesus' name, at the end of the prayer, and he's like, what's that about? And he tells me that he had never heard about Jesus. He'd heard about Christianity, but he's like, I just thought he was a prophet. Why are you praying to a prophet? And... Anyway, so we had this big, long conversation, and I led him to Jesus. And um, it doesn't end there. (laughs) He tells me his two buddies are in the front of the plane, and they're on their way to join the fight in Ukraine. And um, they've left their wives and and children in Canada, and would we go up and pray with them? So off we go to the front of the plane, crossing over aisles, because you're not supposed to do that during COVID, but I did it anyway. Um, and so, yeah, so we're up there, and we're looking around. Like I'm nervously praying because I don't want the, the stewardess to come and tell me I have to go sit back down. 
And so, uh, yeah, so we go up and we pray for them. Then we come back and we sit down and we have another big, long conversation. And, um, yeah, it's amazing. And he tells me his name. He tells me his parents' name. He tells me the names of the people he's going to help. Tells me his children's or his child's name. Shows me pictures and tells me about his wife and gives me his phone number. Um, And so uh, the last I heard, his two friends had joined the fight. And uh, he was, uh, he had picked up his in-laws and they were on their way back to Canada and had no issues whatsoever with connections or, yeah. God is amazing. And so that's one story. (laughs) The other story is, um, this is good. Okay. Um, when, <laughs> when I was awakened to who Jesus was, that's a good way, Gaylene, <laughs> to say it. Um, when I was 18, I met my husband, and um, huh. <laughs> okay, I went into this little conservative church where there was probably 50 people. And I walk in, and I have enough makeup to sink a ship on my face. And I'm decked out in all my goth glory. Like, seriously. (laughs) Piercings, makeup, I have on clothes. I was a nicely dressed goth, but I was still goth. And it was scary, right? (laughs) Um, And my very, very, very conservative husband turns around and looks, and God speaks to him and says, you're going to marry her. And he says, yeah, get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> Just seriously, you can ask him. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I, not knowing anything about what was happening, ran to the front of the church, got down on my knees and wept for three hours. And the church had no idea what to do. They just kind of stood around and watched me. <laughs> it's a true story. Um, and then a few months later, I was in a prayer meeting, less makeup, less piercings. Um, and uh, I was so lonely because all of my life, I had been all alone. The people that surrounded me were people who needed something or who I was protecting from someone else. And so I always had a, a, a group of people around me, but I was lonely. Um, And so I was praying about how lonely I was and that I wanted someone to love me. And he shows me this picture of Vernon, who looks like a (laughs) 12-year-old. And he says, you're going to marry him. And I'm like, yeah, no. And um, a week later, Vernon asks me out on a date. And it was a weird date, because we went to his parents' house (laughs) and played Skippo. Um, Yeah, it was a great date. But I said yes, because that still small voice that I'd been obeying all my life without knowing who it was said, do it. And then he asked me on a second date. And I said yes, because the voice told me to say yes. And uh, 
we went out, and as we were going home, he was taking me home. He walks me to my door, and he says, I love you. And I'm like, thank you. Slam the door. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, God said, you're going to marry him. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. But not long after, we started talking about marriage, and every time he brought it up, I heard that voice say, you're going to marry him. And so when he asked, he said, over chicken fingers and fries, are we going to do this or what? And I'm like, (laughs) have dessert? I don't know. What are we going to do? Finally, I figured out what he was asking. Um, And I said, yes, because that voice that was now annoying to me said do it and so I did it and I knew at that moment if I didn't do it soon I wasn't going to do it it was like standing on a cliff and jumping off into the water like if you go up there and you stand for a while you're not going to do it like you got to go and jump and so that's what I did and we got married and I didn't like him I didn't I didn't hate him that might have been easier there would have been emotion I didn't like him. It just was ambivalent. And so we got married, and we had Clayton, and I still didn't like him all that much. (laughs) And then a few years later, I liked him. I thought, yeah, he's a good guy. He's okay. And then a few years later, I fell in love with him. And so there's this thing that happened while I was away and someone spoke over me and told me about this word in the Bible that's translated a whole lot to different things. And in the New Testament, it's translated to grace and mercy. And in the Old Testament, in Hosea, it's translated mostly to loving kindness. And it's the word hesed. And it means loyal love. It's not a Disney kind of love. It's not, you know, like those, all those movies that we watch when we get bored or lonely or have a bad day. It's not dirty dancing kind of love. It's not, you know, any of those kinds of things that you see from Hollywood. It's not that kind of love. It's the kind of love that stays and persists and says, I'm never, ever, ever going to leave you. Even though I don't like you right now, I'm not going to leave you. And that's how God feels about his church. And so while I was away, someone spoke over me and explained to me what this kind of love was. And a a light bulb came on. And I could see that I was asking the wrong question about this tapestry all along. I was asking why, and I should have been asking how. How do you choose the right string? How do you choose the right line that goes through? Not why. Because I still don't know why. Has anybody ever done something and they have no idea why they've done it? No one? Just me. Okay. Oh, no. Heidi. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And so, so there is this thing that while I was away, I brought back. And I want to share it with you. Is sometimes we're asking the wrong question. We need to change the question we're asking. It's not, why is this happening to me? It's not, why did, did you do this to me? 
when your husband's not great. It's not, why did you give me this kid who won't listen to me? (laughs) It's how. How is this affecting the greater picture? How is this affecting the body? How does this affect Amanda? How does this affect... Share. How am I helping you? How, how, how can I help you today? What can I do? What can I tell you about my story that's actually going to get you closer to God? What is it that I can do that's going to bring you breakthrough? That's going to bring you comfort when you're in the affliction? And what can I do to get you out of your comfort? That's what it's about. How? How? What? There are other questions. Stop asking why. We always ask why. It's all, God hears why so, 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 so many times. We've got to stop asking him why because he's not going to answer. He hasn't answered for 2,000 years. Why is he going to answer now? <laughs> why? Why would he answer? So, yeah, so that's what I brought back. And I just love what happened this morning about Chris talking about the connect the dots and what Di shared about the brook of Besser. Yeah, yeah. We bring it back because we want to share with you. And we don't always share what, what happened. We don't always say it, but it always changes. Like when you see Mark come back, when we, when we see Patrick come to our body, something happens in the room, and you take it when you go out from a Sunday morning, and it's such a beautiful thing, such a beautiful thing. I'm so blessed by each one of you. Oh, I love it. So good. Yay! Oh, more to come. Oh, so good. Gord, take it home. (laughs) This couple, wow, wow, wow. We love them. Gordon, Cher, you guys, you are pillars. You are, oh, are you going to need Kleenex? Oh, dear. Okay. Okay, that's probably good. No, but uh, they have... They have stories. They've had victories in many areas of their lives, and they're going to share one with us uh, this morning. Um, receive it. Yeah. Grab hold of it. It's his story, so it's our story. Yeah. It's actually very difficult to follow three women <laughs> who speak. Now I'm a guy, so you switch your brain from whatever side <laughs> these women were talking on, and now it's just, just physically move it over here. When Di asked uh, if we would give our testimony, Chris asked to, my initial answer is, yeah, of course you want to give a testimony and give God glory. But the other side, and then there's a no side in me that said, no, I, I don't want to give that testimony. And the no side is just because I actually don't like talking about my personal finances. I don't like talking about money. If you ask me a question, hey, Gord, what'd you pay for that thing? I would probably answer you with, Ah, uh, you know what? The new privacy laws won't let me share that information with you, so I can't tell you. So that's where the difficult side for me is. And so um, I was talking about the flesh and just um, how difficult it is to kind of get up here. Now I got a, a saying I like to say, and it is, uh, God helps those who are too dumb to help themselves. And so that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> so they wanted a testimony and testimony you got to go through a what a test a trial you betcha you got it right I'll give that an A plus you're good 
And so, you know what? My hope, Cher's hope, is that our story will give you some encouragement on the financial side of your life. Um, it, it, you know, so, so yeah, that, that's, what, that's what we want to do. We want to actually bring encouragement. We want to bring the word of the Lord into your finances, your provision, your marriage, your life. We're in a mess right now as a people, as a country, as a community. But you know what? There's actually hope. And, and there's hope in, the, in, the, in our financial stuff. And if you're struggling in your financial stuff, maybe there's some keys in our story that can help you in your financial situation. And, and you can begin to have hope again. Because we had found ourselves um, in, our, in my late 40s. Uh, just a quick story. I've got to give you a little bit of background. I've got to give you a little bit of the um, uh, Paul Harvey and the rest of the story. Who's familiar with Paul Harvey and the rest of the story? There's a few hands. For those of you who don't know, it was a radio program. He was a host, and he would give the story of people that were in dire straits. They were in the Bronx. They were down and out. Things were bad, and it looked like this person was going to end in a terrible situation. Then there would be an advertisement, and he'd come back, and he'd say, and now for the rest of the story. So I'm going to give you the first part of the story is that we had started a business in 2002, had done quite well with it up to about 2010, all of a sudden got in some major trouble with this business. And, uh, and so we had called the board uh, of the church at the time to come over. We were saying, hey, look, we're, we're in the midst of the, the, the ship's going down, we're at the helm, the thing is spinning out of control, and, and the ship's going down, and we're in big trouble. And so... One of the words that the Lord had given us that time was just hold on, hold on. And so we're just like, okay, this is ugly. So I'll just, I'll, I will throw maybe a number or two out to you just to give you some sense. Um, if I told you that suddenly you're $5,400 in debt, would that freak you out? What about 54000 Would that freak you out? What about $540,000 year offside? Would that freak you out? Would you feel hopeless? Would you feel desperate? So Sherry and I felt hopeless. We felt desperate. Our marriage was, yeah, it was tough. It's not easy uh, to go through that kind of a wreck. So that's the kind of wreck we were in on top of our, our mortgage and, and whatever. So, and when you're in your late 40s and you're like, holy, you know, to, to face that kind of situation is not easy. And so the answer wasn't abracadabra for us that God would somehow magically do this. And so um, where do I want to go from here? So, so you know what, some of that 540000 was forgiven, but we were responsible for a, the lion's share. You could pull up Deuteronomy uh, chapter 8 there for a second. I just want to, so I, it's really important to me that we get into God's word and we... Um, we, we, we see some things. If I'm taking too much time, die, you just... Uh, if you guys, want, you guys want to stand up for a minute and just kind of move around for a second? You've been sitting for a while. If you want to do that at any time, you're like, yeah, look at this. That's good. Have we got some scripture up there? You know what? Every command... I, like, we're going to kind of flip through it a little bit, but the whole chapter is, remember the Lord your God. So Moses is speaking to, to us. He's speaking to the children of Israel. That you know what, you've, you're, God has taken us through a very difficult time. Every command, when I command to you, be careful to observe. Verse 2, remember that the Lord your God led you the way for 40 years in the wilderness to humble you, to test you, 
to know what's in your heart. So the journey I'm sharing with you a little bit is our financial journey, our financial wilderness. And so he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, feed on manna. I still got holes in these jeans, man. That's how tight it was for us. You know. <laughs> Actually, these jeans are expensive now. Back when I grew up, if you had holes in your jeans. It means you were broke. It was bad news. Sorry, you're getting a little of my side humor as we go here. Your garments did not wear out, and your foot did not swell for 40 years. Verse 6, keep the commandments uh, the land of wheat and, honey, uh, wheat and barley, you will not lack. You'll have coppered. So God is, God is revealing to them or saying, don't forget, don't forget that I brought you out of a very difficult situation. I brought you out of bondage. And so if you're in financial bondage or financial difficult today, this word is for you. Okay? This word is for you. Um, and so if you could pull up those pictures when I, that I showed you with the 818 on it for a second. Um, so I began to see some numbers and, and it had happened early in the business even in 2002 I began to see this number and you can flip, the, flip it so we can look at the next number I'm not sure if anybody's seeing a certain number in there or a series of numbers um, but if you're, you should be seeing 818 in there okay, 818 or something like that and I'd see this number, and it was random. You're doing a calculation, and all of a sudden, numbers like that would show up. I'm like, what does that mean? And it was actually David Noble came to me one day as I shared it with him. He said, Gord, you know, I think the Lord's speaking to you about Deuteronomy 8.18. And I'm saying, so I looked it up at home. I'm like, oh, yeah, like this is, yeah. So I, I, I 100% believe in my heart that God was speaking to me about Deuteronomy 8.18. So let's read Deuteronomy 8.18 for a second. All right, and it says, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. And he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is today. And you shall remember, for it is the Lord your God who gives you the power to get wealth and to establish his covenant. So there's a few things he wants you to do. He wants you to remember. He wants to give you the power. He wants to establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is today. So even if, as it is today. So take this verse for today. Today, God wants to uh, empower you to get wealth. So we have to believe that. You have to get that on your thinking, right? That God actually wants you to get out of debt. He wants a church that's wealthy. He wants it where people can come in and there's so much money in here we can just help people and bless, right? Can we agree on that? Absolutely. Let's go over to... Um, uh, Malachi chapter 3 for a second. 3 verse 10. It says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. You may have food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows. Next verse, please. And pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. So even as I was preparing for this, um, and I had this thought pattern before, I just hadn't really fully developed it. Um, and, and, you know, if you grew up in church and stuff and you believe, and if you believe in tithing, bless you, that's great. And, and so I, I, there's a very key part in here that's a variable. So the arithmetic we were working with of being 540000 in debt plus more, the arithmetic of getting a job at 20 bucks an hour and paying tithe on that, the arithmetic doesn't work. Is that right? Is that fair to say? Can you, you know what I mean? Don't you love that word arithmetic? I grew up taking arithmetic. If you don't know what that means, it's actually math. 
arithmetic. Do your arithmetic, Gord, so you can learn and grow up and be somebody. <laughs> my dad didn't talk like that, actually. Most of my language my dad taught me was out behind the barn. That's where I learned most of my language arts. <laughs> I've been cuss-free for over seven hours, just so you know. (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) When you know you got to speak, you got to, okay, I better clean up my act. I better, you know, lost a little weight. No, I didn't. So let's look at the variable. Let's look at the arithmetic variable that, that, that God has in God's economy. So when you're in trouble, you're in a financial difficulty. Bring all the ties into the storehouse. If you're not, and all the, here's the key here. If you, if, and God says, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be enough room to receive it. So think about this for a second. If you're in a house that has no windows, it's dark, right? So if you're, financial, if you're in financial darkness right now, right? You're, you're suffering financial darkness. Well, you know what? We need a window. And you've heard that saying, a window of opportunity. God has a window for us. And it's that window that when you're in that dark financial place, and Sherry and I were in a dark financial place, and uh, and so part of part of tithing, guys. I want you to get this: is is not just so we okay. We're supposed to do that. You know, we're obligated to do that. Let's understand that when we tithe and we trust the Lord with our money, yeah. that then now that enacts Him to be able to do something. Yeah. It, it it allows Him to open up something. Yeah. In this case, it's a window. And what kind of window is it? Well, it's a window that is such a blessing of heaven and pour out such a blessing. So in our situation, our financial darkness, um, we continue to tithe right through that, even though I was tithe, you know, so when, you're, when you lose your business, you're out of work, you don't have a job. So, so I ended up getting a you know, $20 an hour job type of thing. And we just continue to, to be faithful in the tithing. Well, then the Lord, you know, uh, Gave us some ideas. Sherry actually got going with a, an empty house or office that we had and then was selling furniture and was selling antiques and she was pushing on that. And so I fired up our fencing business again and uh, started doing that. And then I took on a full-time job. And, uh, and so for, for a long time, even now somewhat, we, we, we've, we still work pretty hard. Um, and I only say that just because the Lord had opened up opportunity for us to do that and uh, so uh, and I, let me just give you a little thing of, of where the Lord will open up a window of blessing that you're unaware of here's a live example where suddenly a thought came into my head is there a tax break when you have a business loss and so I phone my accountant and I say is there a tax break when you have a business loss and he goes yeah there is actually well, that thought, which I 100% believe was the Lord, which is a blessing because of the window that was open, equaled $60,000. $60,000 all of a sudden comes into your finances. 
right? It took some time because it whatever. $60,000 benefit, but that's because of the obedience of just the tithing and, and the giving and the trusting the Lord. And um, so I, that, that excites me, and I just want to encourage you with that. If you're in financial darkness, get into the Word. Understand that you have the power and the ability to create wealth because God gave it to you. He didn't bring us all. He didn't bring them out of, uh, out of Egypt and in bondage just so they could go to another country and be enslaved and in bondage and broke, right? He brought them through the wilderness. Hopefully they could learn to trust in the Lord for their provision so that when they got into their promised land, they would, they would, they would function and they would be fruitful, but number one, they wouldn't forget. Don't forget. Don't forget. Part of the tools that the Lord gave us in our financial journey was, was Dave Ramsey. So many of you, we, we, took the, we bought the course, and we had a few people here that took it. There's a little vodka here to help you out here and settle me down. Um, <laughs> so, so we ended up taking the Dave Ramsey course. For those online, this isn't vodka. It's actually water. <laughs> so we ended up teaching Dave Ramsey. Who took Dave Ramsey here? You want to give us a shake? And then, and, you know, look, there's actually a lot of hands here. And so that, that's encouraging. I encourage you on a practical side of things. Dave Ramsey is all about getting out of debt and staying out of debt and building wealth and, and all that. So we were able to, to go through that and, uh, and, and teach others. And that always does our heart good when people come up to us and say, you know, we took that course, and because of that, we're we're actually doing where you know doing well. Our finances are way better than it used to be. So, um, praise the Lord! A year or two ago, we ended up having a little bit of a gathering at our house. We called it the uh, Waymaker, the Waymaker Party. <laughs> and so we uh, praise the Lord through that through this process that I'm talking about. We were able to pay down that debt. So praise the Lord. But you need to fully understand it's only because of God's arithmetic and not our arithmetic, right? And it's because you want to be able to open up that window. You've got financial difficulties, figure out how to get to that window because otherwise you're just wandering around this dark place wondering how can I get out of this financial situation. And sometimes work and money wears coveralls. We didn't have the abracadabra situation where God would just, um, we wanted that. <laughs> we wanted that. It was so bad. We're like, we're hoping somebody, we actually have extremely wealthy friends. And we're hoping they just like, yeah, you know what, I'll get in my pocket. I'll get you some loose change. We'll take care of your debt for you. They didn't do that. And I'm glad they didn't. We're still good friends today. And he's like, you know what, you wouldn't believe how many people come to me and, and we were hoping that you'd feel guilty and give so um, it took a lot of, you know, we, we just worked hard. Some of you are probably thinking, oh, yeah, he's just a workaholic, that guy. He's never around working evenings and weekends. This poor little woman's at home crying her eyes out. and <laughs> She's still doing it now. <laughs> and you're, Where's Gord? Well, he's working again. You didn't really miss me. Let's be honest. Did you really miss me? All right. I'm just about done. <laughs> Sorry, I just... What's that? 
One, one more thing. To, the, the, God didn't do the abracadabra thing. And when I say abracadabra, what do you think of? You think magical, you think this sort of thing. Um, you're taking Korean, I took a little bit of Hebrew, and I learned two words, abracadabra, what they mean in Hebrew, and this is what it means in Hebrew. Abracadabra means, I will create. Kadabra means, as I speak. Kind of interesting, isn't it? So you got a situation, you speak abracadabra over it, as you speak. I will create as I speak. So bless you. Thank you for your time. Wow. Yes, yes, yes. Take it. Take that one home. Oh, so good. Wow. That was awesome. Do you want to say anything? We're going to, we're going to, no, we're going to close. You know, we could stay here for a long time, but the kids are, well, actually the people who are working with the children are longing for you to come. They're longing for you. Their love for you is deep, deep, deep. So thank you for sharing your hearts, everybody, and for just even receiving. I think what we're going to do is next couple months, we're going to have a testimony Sunday in there because there were a lot of hands that went up. And we need more of those testimonies to be shared. So I'm going to ask you guys in the back, if you can just throw up the webs, uh, not the website, the email to the church. If you have a testimony, I want you to email it to us. There were at least 30 or 40 of you. And we want to get everybody sharing their testimonies because it's, it's so vital to the health of a body, right? It will build our faith, and that's what we need is our faith to be built, right? And so, Patrick, come on up, and just I want to get you to close real quick just in prayer. Uh, I just love this guy, and, and, and some Sundays ahead, we're going to share briefly about what happened in Africa too, right, and stuff like that because God did some amazing things. But uh, we're just always blessed to have you there, and why don't you just close us in prayer as we, we close today? Amen, amen. God, we thank you, God. We praise you. You are God who have provided for us. When, when it was dark, you did bring that light, God. God, you have provided for us when we lacked everything. You are God of a provider. God, I show you each and everybody who is here as we are going to depart from here, God, so that you can bless each and everyone. People may be, may be, be affected in a different way, God. You are God who is a doctor of other doctors. God, we, we, we call you for so that you can heal people who are sick. Those financial difficulties, God, you can provide for it. God, who provided for me in a camp, you can also provide for people who are sitting here and those ones who are watching us online. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Be blessed and encouraged. Have a great week.